On today's very special holiday episode of the F the Nice Guy podcast, we are talking about the ultimate holiday nice guy. And I'm not talking about Santa, although he does apparently see you when you're sleeping and know when you're awake. Uh, I am talking about Mark. Yeah, that's Mark from Love Actually. And I honestly thought this conversation was dead and done with until I saw a fun little article from BuzzFeed saying how he's not such a bad guy. Uh, He is a bad guy. In fact, he's kind of the worst guy. He is the nice guy. This is the little jingle for all my listeners out there for this holiday season. He's a nice guy. What a nice guy. Till he's screaming in your face. And he's a nice guy. What a nice guy. Until he puts you in your place. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy, until he gets caught. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy, you know, until he's not. F the nice guy. And happy holidays, but mainly F the nice guy. What's up, everybody? I am so excited to bring you today's holiday-themed episode of F the Nice Guy. Now, right now, I am literally (laughs) snowed into my house. So I thought, what a better time to bring you guys a special little short episode. So I don't know who's seen Love Actually, who's listening to this right now, but let me tell you something. Love Actually is very much like a quote-unquote nice guy, right? Because when you're younger and you're seeing Love Actually, you're like, this is so cute and funny and sweet. And then you get older and you're like, wait a second, that was really toxic and that was not as nice as I remember. And isn't that just how we look back on the nice guys in our life? We're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't good, was it? And that's how I feel about Love Actually. So I do want to bring up that one of my all-time favorite scenes ever, 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 is in this movie. And of course, it has Emma Thompson. Love her so much. Why is she not my best friend? I know you may be thinking, I am talking about the Joni Mitchell scene where she is just like bawling her eyes out in her bedroom uh, while her kids are outside trying to pull herself together because, spoiler alert, she realizes that her husband is cheating on her and has given this other woman a gold necklace, and she's literally just like trying to get her tears back into her eyeballs. And also, fun fact, there are no pillows on the bed, and many people are talking about it right now. I have no idea why. But, so that's that's what a lot of people will see as the best scene. But I disagree, because there is a scene where she confronts Ellen Rickman about the affair and oh my god it is the most real confrontation i've ever seen because like normally in movies i feel like they make it a big scene and they get their moment and they you know surprise the guy and it's just like this big monologue and they unload all of their feelings and he just sits there and listens and like hooray this woman who's you know been betrayed is finally getting her big moment and we're so excited but that's not how life is right like that is not what happens in real life and the scene is so true to life where literally the confrontation happens while she's waiting for her kids to come from backstage like after their Christmas concert and while she's confronting him in like I think it's like five lines exchanged between them she is saying I know you cheated on me 
and there are people walking between them and literally in between her confronting him she's like oh happy christmas to somebody like that is so true like we don't get big moments a lot and i just love the realism there and that is all the nice stuff i'm gonna say because here's a fun fact emma thompson is wearing a fat suit in that movie did you know that very few people know that yeah she was uh made to wear a fat suit because the director said she was too thin there is not a single point in which her weight has anything to do with the story, uh, let alone using fat suits ever. But in this case, like, there is no reason. Which just brings me to the point of this movie being so from the male perspective. I don't know, I can't imagine where he's coming from that he thought that was necessary or ever should happen. Uh, it's, it's absurd. So, um, yeah, I'm not loving that. There's a lot of relationships that have an icky power dynamic, like the guy who falls for his housekeeper person. I, I don't know what all her duties are, but she, they don't speak the same language. And for unknown reasons, you know, he's typing up a manuscript by a lake. I don't know about you, but if I'm typing up a manuscript literally on a typewriter, I probably would not have my pages near water, but hey, that's just me. And uh, this is just the most lovely excuse for this woman to have to strip into her underwear and jump in the lake, which then he jumps in the lake and it's a whole scene and it's them like bonding, but it's like, why is this woman getting naked for no apparent reason? Like besides you wrote her to get naked? Hmm? Just a thought, that's a bit weird, that's a bit fun. By fun, I don't mean fun, it's in quotations, just like the nice guy. Um, <laughs> I just, there's so much about this film, it's like, oh God. There is a whole plot line, the whole character arc of this guy who can't get laid, essentially, in England, so he goes off to America, and wouldn't you know it, he just, right off the bat, first bar he goes to, hooks up with five of the most beautiful American women by, you know, male standards. What? Like, this is a fantasy at this point. Like, this is just a blatant male fantasy. And I know, maybe you're like, you're being harsh. I love that movie. I love that movie too, but we have to think about things critically. And that leads me to my point with Mark. Oh, Mark. My friends, you may notice that he looks very similar to Rick from The Walking Dead because he is Rick from The Walking Dead. Just just fun fact. But prior to that, he was Mark. And Mark is just the worst. And I'll tell you why. Now, again, this movie is so from the male... I don't want to say the male gaze. I would say the male daze because one must be completely dazed and confused to think this is how women would behave to this type of action from a man. Let me just start with what happens. And then I'm going to get into the BuzzFeed article. And I think it's important that as I'm talking about Mark and his storyline, that we come from Juliet's perspective and what it would really be in real life because the movie plays this out like it's cute and sweet and like you feel so bad for Mark and what he's going through and it's like actually this is really really awful for Juliet and um tell me if this does or does not sound like a horror movie okay so let's talk about it so you're Juliet 
and you find your dream guy Peter he's just amazing he's everything you could ask for he's the best guy and you get to the point in your relationship where it's time to meet his best friend and as we know meeting the best friend of your significant other is terrifying because you know you need to make a good impression you know that their opinion holds so much weight and so she finally meets this guy and he is very distant and he is very cold and when they're together he only talks to peter and by the way this is all said in the movie i'm not making this up that is what is said so so he he doesn't speak to her um he is kind of awkward with her and he makes her a little bit uncomfortable in the fact that she cannot seem to please him or to get his approval and so she just continues she is nice and she is funny and she just kind of is seemingly thinking i'm gonna win him over okay so i'm gonna win over the best friend and then she has her wedding he's the best man he pulls some shenanigans that would make most brides lose their mind uh but she's cool with it because she's a nice person and and he films it he films the wedding and she sees this right and so she goes you know she wants a copy of the tape because she she doesn't have the footage that she wants and wouldn't you know it mark says he lost it he lost it he doesn't know where it is he has no idea and she just doesn't believe him essentially she knows something's up she's trusting your gut right because she decides to show up at his house and she brings a pie and she's being so sweet and so lovely. You can feel how much she wants this guy to like her. So she comes in, it's unexpected, but he is still claiming, I don't have the tape, I don't know where it is, right? And this is upsetting to her for obvious reasons. And all of a sudden she looks over and she sees a tape. And wouldn't you know it, it's labeled. And it's labeled as her wedding. It literally has their names on it. Juliet and Peter's wedding. And so here's this man who's been claiming he lost, quote unquote, lost the tape. And there it is with a handwritten personalized label. So she's like, uh, do you think it could be this? Like trying to be kind, like instead of saying, you know, like, hey, the tape's right there. Why would you lie about that? As many of us would. She's really nice about it. And she plays the tape. And there it is. There she is on the tape. She's looking beautiful. She's walking down the aisle. It's amazing. She comments, you know, how pretty she looks in that shot. And then it's another shot of her. And then it's another shot of her. And she's realizing it's all shots of her. Nobody else, just her front and center, zoomed in her face. He didn't get any shots of any other part of the wedding, didn't seem to care about his supposed best friend. No, during her wedding, this man was filming her and only her. A man who has barely ever spoken to her, who has made her uncomfortable, who has made her believe that he does not like her, has a little tape of her for his private collection. And no, he did not ever intend on giving it to her because he lied about it repeatedly. And what does he do? In a mumbled and breathy tone, he says something about, don't show this to people, it needs to be edited. And then says something about its self-preservation and see yourself out. See yourself out. 
and leaves. So this man who she thought hated her, she's now just watched a tape of close up her face that he's made for himself with a creepy little handwritten label. And then he's like, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's self-preservation. See yourself out. And just leaves her in his home to just unpack all that. Just unpack that. Just unpack. He never really hated you. He's been obsessed with you th- this whole time. And he's just been making you feel like shit because he couldn't process his own feelings. So, you know, to protect himself, he was just making you feel like you weren't enough. So... You know, that's really nice. We love it. And this is a romantic comedy, by the way. Um, I'm not seeing the romance or the comedy. Anywho, so let's get to the, the, the big finale, shall we? Okay, the big finale. She's on the couch with her husband. The doorbell rings. She goes out there. Mind you, she has not talked to Mark. She has not spoken to Mark since this happened. Now she opens her door and there's Mark with a dopey kind of weird smile on his face and he's got a boom box which at least at the time made a little more sense but still he's got a boom box and some posters some handwritten posters and he says you know he puts a finger up to his mouth he doesn't even speak so that all that weirdness just happened now this man is at your door refusing to speak with posters and a boom box he plays the boom box what's on the boom box just just kids singing carols what? I'm sorry. What? What's happening now? What is happening? And he says to lie to your husband, aka his best friend, lie to him and say it's carolers. So if that's not bad enough, now he is um, doing his little cue cards, okay? And it's like a presentation. It's like one would do for school. It's these handwritten posters where basically he tells you that he loves you. And Um, there's like magazine cutouts, which is always this terrifying thing to see. And he's, he's, he's confessing that he is in love with you and will love you until you look like, and then he has a photo of a dead mummy. And again, I remember watching this and being like, (laughs) that's so funny. And now I'm like, oh my God, if my, like, if my wife's best friend showed up after that creepy tape thing and then was showing me I will love you until you look like and then had like a weird photo of a mummy that he printed out and or got a magazine that had a mummy somehow I don't know that is absolutely terrifying and he gives you a double thumbs up literally and doesn't say a word collects his stuff and goes off into the night the whole relationship with him goes from I don't like you, I won't speak to you, I'm obsessed with you, here's a videotape, I'm going to leave you here, to like, I'm in love with you, here's a here's a presentation with posters, okay, bye. Every woman I know would call the police. Call the police, call somebody, get the husband, do something, and what does Juliet do in the movie? What does she do? <gasps> she runs out and gives him a big old kiss. And then he says, enough that's enough. Like, I just can't, like, I can't with the writing of this. And they did such a good job of making it seem sweet. Like, I was, as a young girl, totally just like, oh, it's just unrequited love. It's just so sweet. It's like, no, it is not sweet. It is, it is a nightmare. It is scary. It is the worst. Like, this guy is a walking 
creeper red flag call the police like this man is a nightmare this has been talked about too like i'm not the first person to like break this down why that is so freaking creepy why that is such an invasion of privacy why he's being a shitty friend he's being a shitty person like we we all know this right but but i was on my phone and i was not gonna talk about this truly like Love actually came out 100 years ago. Like, it doesn't need to be talked about again. But that BuzzFeed article, let me tell you something. I was shocked when I read it. So let's let's get to the article. So this is the article. In 2013, a brutal opinion piece on Jezebel called the cue card scene, nice guy, emotional manipulation reframed as romance. I would a thousand percent agree with that. Um, and I guess the article called it the artistic low point of the 21st century, which is hilarious. As mentioned, Mark initially explains his edit of the wedding footage as self-preservation, which suggests that allowing himself to indulge in his crush on his best friend's partner in this ultimately harmless way is what stopped him from being emotionally hurt by the unrequited love thus far. What? Sorry, I'll keep going. In modern times, Mark would probably be able to achieve the same goal by looking at Juliet's Instagram page, but in the pre-social media era of 2003, he didn't have easy access to photos and videos of Juliet. And while I should reiterate that taking matters into his own hands is definitely dubious, it certainly isn't as sinister as the critics make it out to be. I'm sorry, it is 100% sinister, okay? So like what the argument here is that, well, he didn't have access to her photos. He didn't have access to them. Like, first of all, he doesn't have a right to them. He doesn't have a right to her photos. He doesn't have a right to her image. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I, I feel like we have gone into crazy town. Like, people put out their their Instagram and can people creep on it? Absolutely. Is it common? Yes. That doesn't mean it's not creepy and that doesn't mean we should retroactively like look in the past and be like, well, that behavior wasn't creepy because like people are still doing it now. Yeah, they have easy access to it now. Like that doesn't make it any better. Also, like he was at a wedding so he could get away with filming her and it wouldn't be weird. I know I'm diving deep into this, but I think we need to really reflect like this is just the perfect I like the perfect depiction of the quote unquote nice guy. And I, I want to take this opportunity to dive deep onto why it's so messed up. Like he filmed her at her wedding. Like if this was not the wedding, that would be stalking. Like, right, he films her this whole time and he gets away with it because he is at the wedding and like nobody's questioning why he would be filming. Right. And let's not pretend that looking at someone's Instagram equates filming them at their wedding when they trust you and don't know that's what you're doing because your personal instagram is vetted by you meaning you choose who looks at it you choose what photos you want to put up you choose the edit like all of this stuff is chosen by you and there's consent like there's no consent by her to be filmed in that way by him because she didn't know that was happening it's like she didn't want to be filmed that way. Like you took the like the biggest day of her life to creepily film her. Like, no, that's not it, man. Bro, that is not it. Not to mention, the video was for, for himself. Like he literally had it for himself. Like the argument is like, I, I just needed to film you at your wedding. 
even though you thought I was filming the wedding, I was just filming you. And I just needed to do that for myself, to have for my personal collection. Um, just so, you know, just so for me emotionally, like, ah, uh-uh, nope, bro. Nope, sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm not doing it. Like, no, no, you don't get, you don't get to do that just for your, like to save yourself emotionally, like control yourself, go to therapy, do something with that. Like, it's hard, it's hard to love somebody that doesn't love you. Unrequited love is not easy for anybody. Like, the, the, the gap in logic there, like, oh, I like her, but she is in love with my best friend, so I'm just going to treat her like shit, and then I'm going to film her at her wedding, and she's not going to know that's what I'm doing, and then I'm going to refuse to let her see the footage, because then it would reveal how, you know, creepy it is, because he knows it's creepy, because he won't let her see it, right? And I have no intention of giving it to her. I'm just going to, you know, film it, and that'll be fine. Like, ah, bro, I don't think so. Let's get back to the article. And unless you can honestly say that you have never looked at your crush's socials, you're probably more similar to Mark than you realize. Nope, we are not the same. I'm gonna tell you right now, we are not the same. Now, as far as the cue cards, what a lot of people appear to forget about this moment is that at this stage, Juliet has seen the video and Mark hasn't really said anything to her about it. In fact, it'd arguably be more problematic for that to have happened only for Mark to never address it. He owes Juliet an explanation of sorts, which means that this scene isn't without reason and certainly isn't a reflection of Mark trying to steal his friend's wife. Okay, does he need to explain? Like, absolutely. Like, let's let's look at what needs an explanation. And again, I'm going to tell this from her perspective because, like, this the movie is just blatantly not... It's the male days, as I said. So he's treated her like crap. You know, he's made her feel insecure. He's made her feel like he doesn't like her. He literally will not speak to her. She says, you only talk to Peter when they're in a social setting, which I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Um, but if you're in a social setting where someone won't look at you or speak to you, it is absolutely brutal and painful. And like throughout the movie, you can feel how badly she's trying to win him over. Like she literally in the scene where she brings the pie is like, I'm really a nice person. I'm really nice if you'd give me a chance. It's like, oh my God, so brutal. I mean, what girl hasn't been there? But oh my God, it's just so hard to watch. But anywho, she's like trying to win this guy over so bad, right? And then he's filmed her and only her and he lies about it. I cannot imagine. Like that is the most stalkery thing and that's the most emotionally abusive thing. Like I can't handle that I like you, so I'm going to treat you like shit and ignore you and make you insecure because I like you so much. I like you so much, I'm going to make you miserable. I'm going to make you doubt yourself. I'm going to make you uncomfortable because I love you. And I love you so much that that's what I'm going to do. Like, that is the most toxic, toxic rhetoric, like, to, for a young girl, like, me watching that and thinking, like, oh, my God that's so sweet I ended up with women so I mean crisis averted but anywho point being like that is so toxic to put in somebody's brain like it's the same thing as like boys hate you because they like you like no if someone is being emotionally abusive like no that's not okay and that's not sweet that's not a sweet thing he did he like he made her feel bad like there was no he didn't save anybody but himself and he sacrificed her in that process like give me a freaking break okay let's get back to the article because i i'm tangenting real hard it is painfully obvious that mark never had any intention of sharing his feelings for juliet with her until he was caught called out caught out 
Caught out? Is that a thing? That was called out. Okay. Tilly was caught out in spectacular fashion. And even when he does, he makes a point of saying that he is telling her without hope or agenda. That is so nice, guy. I'm going to scream. Like, I don't I don't expect anything out of this. I don't think anything's going to happen. But let me just unload all of these feelings onto you that you didn't know existed. And you have to now deal with that, all the repercussions and realizing, like, everything I did to you was just a product of me wanting to be with you or having feelings for you. Like, there's always hope and there's always agenda. Back to the article. Mark doesn't plan for Julia to leave Peter for him, nor does he hope that she will. Okay. He is just facing the embarrassment head on and giving Julia the answer she deserves. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. This article, I've read it so many times that it still is making me want to scream. He absolutely needs to give her answers, but the way that he does is so absurd. Like a heartfelt apology would have been great. And give her the freaking tape. Give that tape back to her. You don't need that tape. That's so disturbing. The tape stays with her. Your secret love obsession tape. She gets to keep that one. Um, but just apologize, maybe. Like maybe don't show up at her house with a boombox of kids, you know, singing carols with like a full presentation that probably took you, you know, some bit of time to create. Uh, and then, you know, like do all your little cutouts from the magazine. Um, maybe don't do that and confess your love to your best friend's wife. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but maybe don't do that. And again, like the without hope or agenda, like I definitely call BS on that because like you did a full-on presentation with the audio and the visual. You probably practiced it. Um, and remember, like I said, it's it's not until she kisses him, which would never happen ever in real life. We don't reward creeping with kissing. That's my general thought. Um, but then he says it's enough. Like, now that he's professed his love, now that he's gotten the kiss, then it's enough. Only then does he say it's enough. And it's like, bro, this is so about you the whole time. This is about your obsession. This is about your love. This is like everything was from the perspective of, well, I'm just doing this. I just have to do this. Like, no, you didn't have to. You do not then get to punish the person that you have feelings for. You do not get to make them feel bad. You do not get to taint the relationship she has with your supposed best friend, which absolutely this would. This is super, super weird that she's going to be like, hey, by the way, like, I don't want to be weird, but, you know, your best friend filmed me our entire wedding. And then, like, I secretly found his little secret handwritten label tape in his room that he said he didn't have. And I watched it and it was all me on close up. And, uh, yeah, then he just came here and told me to lie to you and say it was carolers and confessed his love for me. And um, what do you want for dinner? Like, that's so messed up. It's just the idea that, like, the nice guys have of, like, they can do anything as long as it's in their own self-interest and they see it as being morally in the right. Like, well, I I don't want to take action on my my feelings for her, so I'll just videotape her. Like, bro, like, this is about consent. Like, she's a human being. Like, she's not consented to any of the shit that you're doing. And you don't get to just do whatever you like. Like, the, the ends do not justify the means at any point. Um, so yeah, I don't like that article. <laughs> oh God. Um, I don't like that article. I think I've made it very clear. I don't like that article, but yeah, I felt like we needed to talk about it again because I don't know if this is like brainwashing, nice guy brainwashing, like quote unquote, nice guy brainwashing in the sense of like someone speaking about it in that way. 
but this is not cool. This is not acceptable. This is not how men should behave. This is not how women should re- should respond. Like, that is not how a woman would respond to that. Like, I don't believe for any millisecond that she was happy or joyful or wanted to kiss him after that. And now they're all friends. Like, no, that's not how that goes. It's not okay. And it just gives you this horrible image of like, that's how it is. Like, if you're a quote-unquote nice guy, just do all this stuff and she'll give you a kiss and that's great. Like, no, buddy. Like, just be a nice guy. Just be a nice guy. There's no point where he was acting in anything other than his own self-interest. He certainly wasn't being a good friend. He certainly wasn't putting her best interest in mind in the things that he did and the way that he made her feel. He was only thinking of himself. And this movie just does movie magic and adds Christmas and lighting and perspective and like pretty things and makes Kira Knightley the sweetest person imaginable and um, makes it all look okay. And he's great, but he's not. He's not. This man is not a nice guy. Okay? He's a quote-unquote nice guy. Thank you so much for listening to today's holiday episode of F the Nice Guy. I hope you enjoyed it. We have so many amazing episodes coming up with great interviews of people sharing their stories with the quote-unquote nice guys, as well as episodes that share your submissions. So if you have a story about the quote-unquote nice guy, make sure you send it to fthenicegypodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we are featuring stories that are trauma light, meaning they make you have a hard eye roll, maybe a little nauseous, but we're not including any type of violence or crime or anything like that. We're just you know, trying to give give women a platform to share those annoying stories we never told about the quote-unquote nice guys. So have an amazing holiday season, and uh, as always, F the nice guy.